Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Whether you're home or away, stay connected to your team with T-Mobile, the network that covers 99% of people in America. They've been investing billions to light up their best network ever. From your backyard to a sold-out stadium, get T-Mobile's best coverage yet. Plus, with T-Mobile, you get a price lock guarantee, so they won't raise the price of your rate plan. There's never been a better time to switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Coverage not available in some areas. Price lock for current on-network rate plan. Talk, text, and data on qualifying line for new accounts. See exclusions and details at T-Mobile.com. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Thanks for listening or watching wherever you are watching or listening. Right now, make sure you subscribe in that place. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or if you're watching us on YouTube. And Logan, uh, that, that word variance, uh, what we're really talking about is the amount of variance we want to invite, not just into the game, but in with Taylor Heineke. Um, the yeah. turnover-worthy plays are, are something that's been a hot topic of discussion. Uh, he seems to get away with murder on that every single week. Um, you were also talking about, though, his ability on the upside to potentially make a little bit more happen. Mm. And possibly, as we talked about uh, on one of last week's podcasts, you know, does he run a little bit more this week now that Carson Wentz is available as the backup? Is he freed up a little bit? So there's a lot of factors here, but ultimately, like, what, how much risk are you willing to tolerate? Uh, just like we were saying to, to wrap up the, the last segment, like, how much risk are you actually willing to tolerate with Heineke? Considering this is not the formula that that got the commanders to this point. They are yeah. not playing on Sunday night football with a playoff spot, mathematically speaking, basically on the line. If they win, it's like 90% and they're in. Um, if you're getting here by running the football, ball control, whatever, do you even want to think about going against that pattern? Nevertheless, some of the specifics. Yeah, so there's a lot, a lot to unpack there, Craig. So let's start, I guess... Let's start with Taylor Heineke, and then we'll kind of go to game flow from the first game because I think there's some interesting points to talk about there. So with Taylor Heineke, I know like uh, one of the videos you posted on YouTube, one of the guys, one of the commenters was like, I'm tired of talking about turnover-worthy plays. I think that's ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. Did you win or not? Like, I get that. I totally understand that perspective. However, the reason we bring that stuff up is because it is a level of variance, right? So traditionally speaking, a person or a player with a lot of turnover-worthy plays, 
they might go through a stretch of time where they're not throwing an interception, but that that stretch is not sustainable based on this metric of play style where they are not being very fastidious with the football. So when we bring it up, it's kind of like you're riding a very high, you're, you're, you're riding high luck right now. You're at the casino, you know, you're rolling the dice and it's coming up the way you want it multiple, multiple times. That's not statistically viable forever. Right. So when we bring this, 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 um, this turnover worthy play element up, that's what we're referencing. It's like, how long do you sit at the table and continue to roll the dice before your, your hot streak runs out and you end up losing big and you end up losing a lot of money. And so that's kind of what we're doing with Taylor when we talk about that. So he does, he does put the football in harm's way more than you like. And I, I think the other thing that's tough is that he does miss throws that are there. I think back, I did like a little red zone breakdown, which would be on, Wednesday's show of the command center and one of the things is like Scott's done a really nice job scheming up open things in the red zone especially the last two games and Taylor's missed some throws right he's missed some opportunities so there there's two things here one is him putting the ball in harm's way and then one is him missing throws of of schemed open plays which in this offense are very detrimental and you're probably going to punt the football if that happens right so I would say I would say, and then now let's get to the game flow, game game flow point. If you look at the game, the first game against the Giants, they had they had two drives where they started backed up because of special team snafus. I think you don't get that like total turtling up that they got in those situations if they're in a more normal field position, right? If they're in like if it's they're on the thirty yard line, I think you see kind mm-hmm. of what they had been doing early in the game, which is good stuff. It's play action pass. It's a little bit of duo. It's what we saw, and I do think as as conservative as they've been. In normal game flow situations, there they have been. I mean, you can disagree with me here, Craig. Uh, Craig, totally. They've they've opened up a little bit, right? They they, they have situations yeah. where they run in more play pass. They're they're not in the drop back game as much, but they do take some shots. They do do some things, and I think in normal game flow, you'd see that they do, and they do that in part because they've actually found a play action pass that works for them. Sure, um, a play action pass. You know, on on the actual fake part, right? They found this fake duo. Um, and especially that long, like counter action. I don't know if there's a better term for that. Uh, feel free to, uh, like, up yeah. my football nomenclature, but like where Taylor <laughs> extends one way and then turns and extends the other. Yeah. It's like this very long drawn out play action fake that really can draw the defense in and, and have the desired effect as opposed to these haphazard, you know, pretty useless shotgun fakes that don't actually get anything done except for, you know, potentially take Taylor's eyes off of where they're supposed to be. Um, so there's that. Um, and I agree with you on that front. They, they have definitely tried to, especially early in games, get some of those chunk plays and then really drive home running the football. And I, and I think that's still a good, a good plan. The question is, do they keep, and you know, as, as I said, uh, a little bit ago, uh, we're recording this in the middle of Rivera's press conference on Tuesday, and we now have a bunch of updates and, you know, I haven't seen one on Sam Cosme yet, uh, but if they have the more mobile linemen, the Schweitzers, the Cosmes in, do they include some of the screen game and some of the stuff that they yeah. kind of cut out of the offense? And I, I think that just allowing the offense to have a little bit more to it is kind of really what we're talking about here. At yeah. the end of the day, like it's margins. And, and we do a lot of talk about the margins on this podcast because that is where the game is won and lost. It's also the thing that changes. It's the thing that's up for debate is, do you want to be 65-35 run or 60-40 run? Because they're not yeah. going to be, you know, 
Well, I mean, they might be 60-40 pass, um, depending on game flow. But, like, ideally, they're kind of 60-40 run. Yeah. Um, that's that's where they are. They get up, and then they're able to run, run out the clock with these two big bruising backs that uh, have, have been really effective at closing out games. Um, so it's, I, I think it's, in a way, it's too early to tell um, because it's going to depend on their personnel uh, yeah. to an extent, too. Um, because, for instance, Trey Turner is having a good week um, in terms of the bye week helping him out. And he very much could be back. And if he is going to be your starting right guard, the screen game and all that kind of stuff isn't isn't really on the table. That's not where where he's at. Um, if it's Cosme, uh, then you're all right. Um, by the way, the other injury updates real quick. Uh, you know, we were talking about St. Juiced in the last segment. It looks like he's he's on a good track. So that's good. Jamin Davis apparently had a procedure on his thumb, but he's looking like he's trending the right direction. So is Chase Young for the 18th straight week. Uh, Montez Sweat, James Smith Williams are in concussion protocol. So, um, chances are, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you probably know that stuff by now because the the time release uh, factor of this. But just in case, there's your there's your news update. But to circle back to what we were talking about, the personnel offensively could dictate a lot of this, and whether or not Schweitzer and Cosme are your center and right guard, or whether or not it's Nick Martin and Trey Turner, um, you're not necessarily screwed if it's if it's the latter, but the former gives you a lot more options and a lot of things that you can potentially do compared to the the game plan that you were almost stuck with from an offensive line standpoint uh, during that streak when, oh, by the way, you did go six and one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's a really good point. Obviously, injuries are going to play a big deal. And I think what you're, t- I think I like the way you phrased the beginning part of that. It's like we're, we're not advocating that they go out and become, you know, the greatest show on turf in terms of throwing the football. But do you, I think, uh, you know, 10 more passes, five, seven more passes in a game is an appropriate solution against the secondary, especially if you're at a point where you can pass protect, especially on first and second down, running a little bit of play action pass there, I think would be really advantageous. Making sure you're in third and manageable situations. Like, how do you get there? Because if you are in third and three, I don't know, for whatever reason, Wink Martindale's pressure rate comes way, way down. So, Philly also did a really good job of that in their game against the Giants of staying in third and shorter situations so that there wasn't as much pressure. Um, But when they were in third and longer situations, they were able to overcome the pressure that Wink was bringing. So I think that's all kind of got to factor in. I don't think you, you deviate too far from what you've been doing. I think you're okay with playing the long game. I think your defense, I would assume the defense is going to play much, much better in this outing, having seen what this uh, Giants offense is about. Um, you know, having a week of rest, you know, for all of this conversation about the defense, like they have some significant injuries, like Jamin's, you know, had thumb surgery during the bye week. He was, he's been hurt for a couple of weeks now. John is always kind of nursing a knee, a hip injury. So get him a little bit fresher. Uh, I think really bodes well for the group to just come out and play lights out. And that's not even talking about Benjamin St. Juice. So I, I, if just knowing the team, knowing the personnel, knowing my quarterback, I think you don't stray too far from what they've been doing. It might look a little different. You might hit some different runs. You might, um, you know, work some more play pass in on first and second down, which they did a great job of in the first game, specifically on the first two drives. Uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of what you're what you're looking at, and and some some framing of that in terms of trying to eliminate uh, limit Taylor's ability to bring variance to the game as much as you can, and. That's and people get mad about that. Like, why are you putting handcuffs on him? I think because you've seen what he looks like when the handcuffs aren't on. Like, look at the Minnesota game, they try to give him a little bit more of the offense there. And 
it crumbled a little bit under him. So I think just knowing what he's good at, speaking to that skill set, limiting what the mistakes he can make, I think is going to be a huge deal. Reminder in that Minnesota game, 15 of 28 for 149, two touchdowns and a pick. Here's the crazy thing about Taylor, though, with the variance, you know, and we talk about the turnover-worthy plays, and, you know, if if I'm just merely looking at what I'm about to tell you, um, I would be that guy on YouTube saying, I don't want to hear about turnover-worthy plays yeah. anymore because yeah. you know how many times Taylor Heineke has thrown three picks in his career in a game? Um, I have no idea. Zero. Once. Once. That's it. And it was with Carolina. Uh, it might I think I was, I was versus Atlanta. I was on the team. I was on Atlanta then. And I was like, there, there you go. Uh, and <laughs> on uh, December 23rd of 2018, yeah. uh, week week 16, uh, you, you guys, the Falcons, won 24-10. Uh, you, picked, you picked Heineke off three times. He did have 274 in the game. He threw it 53 times, yeah. which is uh, not a formula for success. Um but I think yeah, he also that's... broke. He like broke his wrist too, or something crazy in that game. It was oh. a tough, tough day for him. Yeah, that's that sounds worse than three picks. But that is the only time he's ever thrown three picks. So for all of the times that it feels like he's thrown a hundred picks in a game because he throws the ball over the place and you're having a heart attack, and you know, especially some of those games late last year where he was just frankly really bad as he was banged up and, and not fully healthy. Um, he's he's never actually thrown three picks in a game, which is the kind of thing that a lot of great quarterbacks have done. I think Mahomes had three touchdowns, three picks. Like two weeks ago, yeah, um, on three so, turnover-worthy plays, um, which is interesting. So, yeah, that. But like, you're right in that the averages theoretically should catch up to him eventually. And if you're going to average, you know, over time, if you're going to average four to five turnover-worthy plays a game, over time, you should average four to five turnovers a game. Um, yeah. But he has, for whatever reason, been able to consistently dodge those bullets. Um, I also, I also would say, like as a counterpoint, why. just something to think about, Craig is, and and we'd have to do like math and solve stuff for this, but I do think that when you again, when you bring his number of total number of throws down, mm-hmm. right, you you give the defense less opportunity, you know, express some of these turnover worthy plays. Right. right, that's like the whole point, right? He threw the ball fifty whatever fifty seven times in that game. I'm sure he had more turnover worthy plays than interceptions in that game. Right. Right. So if you if you're if you commit a turnover on sixty percent of your turnover worthy plays, which is not the number, that's just one I just pulled out yeah, of the air. Up, yeah. But um, you know, if you throw it fifty times, that's that's gonna result in a higher number of actual turnovers than twenty five or thirty. I, I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's totally true as well. Um it's just something that's it's it been interesting to watch with him is how consistently he has successfully lived on the edge. And I know it's coming. Um I've kind of said a couple of times on the show, like I think I think the game San Francisco, like if he throws four picks against San Francisco, I will be 0% surprised because that's the best defense in football. And they just, I mean, they just had Tom Brady flummox and he's Tom bleeping Brady. Yeah. So, um, I know Taylor Heineke is obviously based off of their head to head comparisons, basically Tom Brady or head to head (laughs) matchups, basically Tom Brady. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing too, Real quick to kind of wrap up our thoughts on both sides of the ball for the Giants. You know, Martindale always has his thing in a given week. And just because mm-hmm. they played two weeks ago doesn't mean he's going to have the same thing. Uh, yeah. And the same is true, by the way, offensively. Dable and, and that staff on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you talked about, oh, they found a wrinkle and they they did a really good job with it two weeks ago. Like, how how different do they go just two weeks later against the same exact team who, by the way, hasn't played another game since? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, again, th- those are the types of things that I really nerd out. Like when I get to watch the first half of the game with, uh, you know, those guys on the, on the in-game show, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Cause it's like that, that's the pit, that's the tipping point, right? Is the wrinkle enough to keep the jets in it offensive or the giants in it offensively is the defensive blitz package enough to kind of stymie what they're doing from what uh, the commanders doing from an offensive standpoint. And those are the things like when I turn on the game, I have butterflies in my stomach to see that, to see that execution, to see what's happening. So yeah, it'll be really curious to see if I had to, I was just trying to think if I had a game plan for this team, like, I don't mm-hmm. know if I would do things much different than what they did in the first outing. Like get Jones on the edge, find ways to get him with the ball in his hands, elevate the run game. Like if I'm them and I know I have to win this game, I know I have to have it in the bag to make the playoffs. I might let Daniel Jones run the ball like 15 times. Like that's Mm kind of where I'm at from the schematic standpoint. They struggle with the zone read. They struggle when the quarterback moves out of the pocket. Like he's your best player. Like put all your eggs in that basket and let it ride. So, and then defensively, I think, um, I think you'll see a lot of a lot of this, a lot of similar pressures, but there will be some new wrinkles in terms of getting them, uh, you know, finding ways to get his rushers in advantageous situations. Can Scott keep you out of those situations? Is the big question, I think. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Last time, you know, we did the the breakdown, and if you want some actual like film with it, we put that up on my YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash at Craig Hoffman um, of the the Kayvon Thibodeau uh, or Kayvon Thibodeau blitz at the end of that game, uh, the tie game. And, yeah. and how Martindale kind of manipulated Washington's coverage rules uh, or protection rules. And so can they have answers for that kind of stuff this time around? Can you understand conceptually, or at least if you if they do something different, can you figure it out faster, get that communicated on the sideline, come up with a solution somewhere in your bag and be like, all right, hey, guys, we got we got this. If we see it again, this is how we're going to handle it. Like those adjustments have to come faster. You can't be getting the, the pressure that's gotten you all day, getting you a sack on the biggest play of overtime. Like that's what happened uh, in the last game. So can you make those adjustments um, faster? It's hard because they're playing off your rules. You're doing the things you're quote unquote supposed to do, um, but you got to be able to see through some of the disguises and and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see with, you know, the freshest tape that they have being just a couple weeks ago against the same team, if they can have solutions. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.